Welcome to Bring Your Brilliance. Are you ready to find and amplify your voice? Looking to be inspired by those who are already out there making it happen? Listen in as we shine a light on those who bring their full, authentic selves to do what they love, make no apologies, and don't try to fit into other people's boxes. With your host, Carla Taylor, who, after years of being inspired by the brilliantly shining people she was meeting, decided others need to hear these stories too. Hello and welcome to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show here on Inspired Choices Network. I am Carla Taylor and this is my 25th episode and I'm so, so excited to be reaching this milestone. Still feels like we're just getting started, but um, I've already learned so much in 25 episodes and we have such a special guest for this particular episode. I am so thrilled to be able to introduce you to... Uh, my friend, my coach, my business partner, she is so many amazing things, and she is one of the most powerful women I have met. So Jamie Jansen is our guest today. I want to tell you a little bit about the show, and then we're going to go ahead and jump right into the conversation. So first, do you know the success strategies that you need to get you where you want to go? And do you know how to get your business and your life to the next level? So today I'm chatting with nationally recognized, award-winning Jamie Jansen, who created Success Systems, that's really a key that she'll be talking about, is Systems, to grow her own business into a multi-million dollar company with three locations and over 70 employees. She now helps other companies systematize every aspect of their businesses to work themselves out of a job. She will share with us how speaking your truth, pivot moments, and making the impossible possible have all been part of her own journey, as well as how she brings her brilliance to make a difference for others. So Jamie Jensen is a business visionary. She's a pioneer of the integrative wellness model and founder and CEO of multi-million dollar company Santa Cruz Core Fitness and Rehab. Jamie was nationally recognized as Entrepreneur of the Year, created the Pivot Women's Leadership Conference, and is currently providing organizational and business development consulting to leading medical professionals and innovators in the health and wellness industry. She has worked as a consultant with NASA, a key player with startups, and received the Mind Body Bold Visionary Award for Excellence and Achievement in Business. She's spoken at medical conferences, business associations, and entrepreneurial organizations as an expert in both fundamental and advanced business systematization, that's a hard word, systematize, I can't say it. (laughs) I'm going to let Jamie say that word. Systematize, whatever, never mind. Systemization. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And uh, lots of operational awesomeness. Let's just end with that. So, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to introduce our listeners to you because I've been getting to know you and I have been so blessed by you in my life. So I'm so excited for people to get to hear from you directly on the Bring Your Brilliant show. Um, So one of the things I like to start with with my guests is really, I've, I've given a kind of a big, giant, broad overview of your background, but really helping people understand. I've done a lot of work with people in in their career journeys and that sort of thing, really helping people understand what a career journey can really be like. So if you wouldn't mind to walk us briefly through yours and help us understand how you got from there to here, and then we'll dig into some more of what you do to help others. 
Great. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to say that I made lemonade out of lemons. When I was um, in college, I played basketball and I tore my ACL playing basketball. So I'm 38 now. So when I was 18, 19, I tore my ACL and I was uh, at University of California at Santa Cruz. I transferred home from a school back east and was rehabbing my knee and I was riding my bike down the like main road that cut through campus and I was hit by a car. And they found me 70 feet from where the car was. And uh, I had traumatic brain injury. I had re-injured my knee that I was rehabbing. I shattered my clavicle. And I was lucky I didn't break my neck. And I had lacerated my foot pretty heavily. So I had this pretty life-changing experience being uh, an athlete and identifying as an athlete and uh, someone who I thought was, you know, I thought I was intelligent, pretty smart. And having a traumatic brain injury, it was a real... um, eye-opening experience and uh, I had to go through a lot of counseling. I had to, I was diagnosed with PTSD and I had to go all over the Bay Area. I'm from California and Santa Cruz and I had to go to San Francisco, Monterey, I had to go everywhere to try and find care because um, I had chronic pain even after like my bones were healing and my surgeries were done. I still had incredible pain and so I found that it was a combination of uh, mindset and mindfulness and meditation and like personal growth in addition to the physical repair of massage, acupuncture, chiropractic, corrective exercise that could really help me to get better. And so what I did was after I graduated college, I thought, okay, I want to go to medical school, but um, I want to leverage my time. So I, of course, start, thought I would start a business. And starting a business uh, in my early 20s, it was interesting because I was pretty naive, you know, I didn't have a master's in business and I just wasn't even sure like necessarily what to do, but I thought this was the right thing to do. And back in back in the 2009, um, their integrative wellness was really not a thing. You know, people maybe rented space, but people didn't, um, didn't collaborate at the level that I was hoping. So because I didn't want to have a place where people would come and have to repeat their story over and over again. So I wanted to create a place that people could heal emotionally, but also physically. And then that's kind of like the initiation into my journey. Ten years later, here I am going on our 11th year in business. So I started, yeah. I was just going to say that is such a a powerful point and, and maybe even what you call this pivot point of where you had this massive thing happen to you. And as you were living through that and digging your way out of it and realizing all of the different parts that you needed to heal, then you turned that into a business opportunity and and figured out a way. And gosh, that's so important. And I know, yes, there's a lot of integrative wellness out there now, but there's still not that much. Like there's still a lot of people who haven't even gotten what you're doing (laughs) yet. You know, like you're still a pioneer (laughs) and at the forefront of that. I've been in the healthcare industry for many years and that's one of the biggest problems, exactly what you said about having to keep repeating your story and making sure all the care is coordinated and all of the things, the whole person, not just the physical injury or just the mental, emotional, or just the different types of therapy, or, you know, all of that comes together all, I mean, wow. I actually recently went through something with my son about two years ago and we had to go to 12 different doctor's offices and it was nuts. So mm-hmm. I love what you're doing with that. Yeah, uh, I was re-injured a few years ago, and I wasn't able to walk. And so um, from there, I learned about alternative health care in the form of regenerative medicine, so prolotherapy, platelet-rich plasma injections, and stem cell uh, rehabilitation. 
And so I partnered with a doctor and created a medical group. And basically what we're doing now is being able to offer regenerative medicine in our clinic. And like like you mentioned in my bio, I've expanded to multiple locations and then um, have started doing consulting as well because I want to be able to um, share my marketing and business savviness and entrepreneurial uh, talent with others. That's fantastic, and it's such a gift to those of us that you are sharing that with. Um, a little bit more, though, so you really your whole initial part of your career was focused on building this business. Is that correct, or did you do something beforehand? Um, say it one more time. I was saying as far as just kind of walking us through your journey of getting to where you are today, it sounds like you were injured young enough that your entire career has been entirely focused on building this business and that and then now where you've expanded from there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think that's also one of the things I've heard people say over the years of when people start businesses, a lot of times youngest the youngest people often do the best because they don't know what they can't do. <laughs> not only do they not know what they don't know, but they don't know what they can't do. So they just assume it can be done and they go out there and do it, which is awesome. And clearly one of the things that I think served you very well. Yeah. I mean, I think it was not how, it was not like, you know, can it be done or can it be done? It was how can it be done? You know, I've, in my life experience as young as, you know, being in junior high and high school, I would receive a no because uh, maybe the classes weren't at the time that, that I wanted, but I would I would be the student that would go into the vice principal's office and help arrange the schedule. So it was like, okay, don't you know? Like when I hear a no, I don't just take it as a no. I think, okay, how can I make it happen? There's got to be a way. Yes, that's yeah. I love that. I love your how can I approach to making and and so much even more beyond. You know, I've worked with you in a couple different capacities now, and you you take that everywhere. Like that's just who you are, which is one of the things that I love most about you is. You don't let challenges stop you. So let's um, – well, first, also, how long did it take you to go from, um, you know, just starting out and, and like, was it a couple years with one location and then did you expand or how did you grow? Did it all happen pretty quickly and now you've just been, you know, fine-tuning or how did, how did your business evolve? Yeah, I wasn't interested in necessarily expanding uh, into a second location because I really wanted to perfect what I've got going on. But I think that that's also, you know, can be a really big, um, like, uh, dilemma or challenge when an individual such as myself, you know, has a little bit of perfectionist or a lot of perfectionist. You know, we want to do the right thing and we want to make it perfect before we expand. And I just, I don't think that that, you know, it's an ever, running a business is ever evolving. And so I don't think that that's realistic. So about, um, let's see, it's been one, three, three years, three years um, since we opened our second location. So at year uh, six, we opened up our second location and um, maybe year six and a half. And we started small, and it was really because we had patients that were like, can you please come see us in the southern part of the county? And so that's how we started. We started, like, kind of renting space from one person, and then we, like, you know, created our whole own facility and, and officially, like, um, did that a couple years ago, took it took over the facility, and then we moved to another bigger location uh, last year. So we'll have been in our new bigger location in our second spot um, a year uh, come January 1st. So... Yeah, I think that um, it just kind of naturally evolved, and 
now I'm realizing that like perfection is, you know, functional is great and perfectionism is is probably a never and that's okay. There's, you know, it's kind of like there's always going to be a list uh, to do and you have to like manage the expectation and also have a balance in your life. So um, if I wanted to wait till it was perfect, I would never have expanded. And now I'm, you know, kind of like, okay, well now I have a couple locations. These are my pilots so that I can, you know, take it, take it nationally maybe. Wow, and that that yeah, all of that is such good. Um, I don't want to say the word data, but you are giving us that. I think one, and, and this is my next question for you: is what are your your secrets to success? We're actually getting ready to take a break, so I want to come back to that when we come back. But I love the point you made about functional is the way to get it out there, and the perfection may never happen, and so many people get lost or caught up in that and afraid to put things out because it needs to be perfect first. So you just went and took it and ran with it and also listened to what your customers needed and wanted and and heard them and didn't just say, I think I want to grow over here, but you listened to what people were needing and wanting from you. So mm-hmm. let's take a quick break. I want to come back to that and hear more about some of these success strategies that serve you well and then where you have kind of grown and learned from there. So again, this is Carla Taylor. I am the host of the Bring Your Brilliance radio show. We are talking with Jamie Jansen and we will be back after the break. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show here on Inspired Choices Network. I am Carla Taylor, and today we are celebrating the 25th episode of Bring Your Brilliance, and we are talking with Jamie Jansen, and she has just been sharing with us a little bit about how she grew her business uh, up to multiple millions uh, within the first 10 years. 
Jamie, are you still there? Okay. She may not be there, so I'm going to recap a little bit of what she was just saying. And hopefully, oh, there she is. Hopefully, okay, great. Um, So, Jamie, yes, you were talking about some of the things that you found successful about not waiting for perfection and also listening to what your customers were asking for in terms of how and when and where you decided to expand your locations. Yeah, I was, I was saying that the reason, one of the reasons why I expanded the location was market research, but a lot of it had to do with what the need was for the community and what the current clients were asking for. And so we made a decision about changing or adding a second location uh, as a result. And so we've been there for three years now in that second spot. That's fantastic. And congratulations on continuing to grow and expand. So. What I mean, I'm sure there were millions of lessons learned along the way, but what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you learned from those early days and then kind of where you've shifted into now? Yeah, I think that what I tell people when they're starting a business is it's the best evolution of self that there is or one of the best. I'm sure having a kid is another one. Um, getting married is another one. But but starting a business definitely because uh, family may be more forgiving than people that you work with. So uh, one of the times when I was probably just starting, um, I remember really thinking about myself and how much work I had to do and how challenging uh, my experience had been at work and that it was just so hard and I was, you know, my how my face looked and how my body presented. I was just really um, unhappy because I was so overwhelmed. And the epiphany that I had in that moment, uh, I think my parents were there just checking in on me, and I was at work on a like super late on a Saturday. And the epiphany that I had was that I was in the service industry, and no one really cared about how I was doing. And that was okay. It wasn't about me. It was about doing service to others. And I think once I really mm-hmm. understood that and learned that and like put my backpack, my emotional backpack and took it off at the door, I could really show up and be more present with the people that are, were around me, whether it be my workers, my employees, my uh, my clients. Uh, that was a really, it maybe sounds really basic, but it was super, super important for me. Um, and then also, I think another one is just like I said, just, you know, every day I'm a different person and who I'm going to show up, you know, how I am today is not how I'm going to show up tomorrow. And that that's become one of our core values in our business is consciously evolving. You know, we're trying to be the best version of ourselves and we're trying to encourage our clients and our staff to do the same thing. That's so great. And I know, again, having worked directly with you and I get to see that and experience that with you, it's, it's awesome. And showing up for others and serving others, it's so much a part and a heart of what you do. Um, and I think that's such a great point. So many people get caught up in, am I good enough? Or are people looking at me? Or how how do they think about me? And really, I love your point about the service focus and focusing on what you're providing them because that really is what's so, so important for the experience that people have of you and your business. What are What are some other things that you would share or that you typically share with people when they ask you about starting or growing their businesses? Yeah. I think it's another one is it always costs way more money than you think. You know, I had no idea what a marketing budget would look like, and I had a credit card and or a couple of credit cards and a student lo- and a small business loan. And within the first two months of business, I like maxed it all out. Um, and then also, you know, don't don't listen to people when they say no. Like, obviously, have your business plan and have a plan in place. And 
what I did was I went to the worst case scenario. So for me, the worst case scenario was it was two, it was just 2008. It was the fall of 2008 when the crash happened, and I was like, I want to start this business. And anyone who I talked to was like, Oh my God, you shouldn't do that. That's horrible. That's a bad idea. And instead of listening to other people, I mean, obviously some advice can be really good advice, but but like having a plan and then going to that worst case scenario was really helpful for me because I I thought, okay, am I going to, what's going to happen to me in the event that my business just crumbles? Okay, I'm going to, I'll file bankruptcy. I'm young enough. I'm not married yet. I'll, I'll just live at home and that'll be okay with me. So I went to where I thought the worst thing that could happen and I let go of that fear and I just moved forward because I was okay with it. And to me, that was really, really helpful in in being able to go forward without fear as a guidance, instead more of inspiration and um, planning. So that was really helpful for me. That's great. Yeah, our fears can be so debilitating if we let them take over. So I love that kind of worst-case scenario (laughs) approach to understanding maybe it's not as scary as you thought or you'll know how to handle it when you get there or just kind of facing the things that are keeping you back. So tell me now how I've learned. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, one of the things I've learned was uh, fear is false evidence appearing real. So oftentimes it's really uh, limiting and constricting and contracting. And so when I can be in a place of um, compassion and confidence and love, and affirmation and positivity and gratefulness, especially gratefulness, it's amazing what doors open up. And so I spent the first half of my business really wanting to control things and the second half of my business really helping to be a guide and less of someone who has to have it done a certain way. You know, like I, some things, yes, because of the nature of them, you know, a medical procedure or something needs to be done a certain way, but how communication takes place and um, how the nature of the business is growing like I really just I start with by being grateful, Gra- being grateful for all the things that I have, and that usually helped me to find solutions to challenges and uh, problems that may arise. Hmm. That's that's really cool. Like I've heard people talk about being grateful before, but the way that you're framing it as the driving force behind everything that shifts that you into being able to do some things differently, and also I think the way people respond to that like you talked about going from controlling to guiding is such a good point. So you've now gone beyond your current role, which of course you're still in and you're still doing, but you've been doing so much beyond that as far as going out into the world and doing speaking and the, the women's conference you started. And tell me a little bit more about that part of your journey. Yeah, so I think I, let's see, five years ago I was injured for a second time and it was debilitating. It was worse than the first one. I I mean, I guess it's just different, but I was unable to walk. And so um, I had a really, really bad back injury from from a movement that I did. And um, yeah, so it was was horrible. And it was, again, another great lesson. And sometimes people in the universe, I guess myself included here, uh, need need to two by four for the lesson instead of just a subtle nudge so I got my Mm -hmm. two by four my two by four was me flat on my back Um, but it was a great lesson it took me out of doing like I was I'm very much a provider and a practitioner I have a license in um, nutrition and massage therapy and corrective exercise and injury prevention and so and rehab so I um, I stepped out of doing a lot of the 
one-on-one training. I still do assessments because I do enjoy the connection with people, but I, I stepped out of that mostly and started to work really on the business. When I was doing that, then I was able to ha- open up a little bit more time and really kind of improve my business, and that's how it really, really started to grow. I had to let go, be in less control, and affirm that I had set up systems in place so that people could follow them, and they did, and our business just really became to be- began blossoming. So then I decided that um, it was not – it was. Too, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just too small, like I'm just playing it too small, and I need to play bigger, and there's a fear associated with that. And so um, I just got out there and I started doing, you know, public speaking. And I really, really enjoy and I'm passionate about speaking my truth and sharing my story in front of people and helping in, in a way to help others. And so I started doing that. And then people just started asking me for to consult them because they'd seen how I've created my business. And so I started to work with other physicians, uh, medical practitioners, and then just other entrepreneurs who needed help in business. And it just that's kind of how it got started. And again, you packed so many powerful points into <laughs> to one piece. I, it's hard to always take it all apart. But I love what you're talking about and what you're doing. And what I'm actually really interested in learning more about is the the word I'm struggling with: systematize or sy- systems that you create. What are some of the things that people can systematize, or whatever the word is that I may not be saying correctly? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm all about this business systemization, and what that means to me is, I mean, everything to, the, to where the phone is placed, to how someone greets somebody, you know, to, um, you know, how a session is run, how a consultation takes place. I mean, this is all things in my business, but with every business, like, you don't, I don't train to the individual, I train to the system. So I, I first do the work, whatever the work may be. So like for sake of ease and discussion, like, okay, how to answer the phone, how to collect money, how to run a cash drawer report. I do all the systems. I figure it out. And then I have somebody else come in and I teach them, you know, I show them how to do it and then they do it and I watch them. And then they repeat it back to me so I know they understand it. And then what we do is we take it a step further and we either record it in a video or um, on a Google document with screenshots so that it's like really systemized. And we've developed a training system for most of our positions here based on that. Um, but when you have a business systemization, when somebody leaves, there is a record then of like how that job is supposed to be done and a protocol for how it's supposed to happen. And so there's better compliance and the business doesn't like go go backwards or slide backwards because they don't have that one person there. So I talk about in some of my in one of my talks I talk about a bus factor. I didn't create this term but I definitely use it. And so I have people raise their hand and I say, Okay, how many people uh, if you were to get hit by a bus today, how many people would your business, you know, would your business uh, be able to survive? How many people, what's your bus factor? So if I were to die today, if I were to get hit by a bus and be indisposed or go on vacation without phone reception, that's a more positive way to say it, um, would the business still be able to exist without me? And for me, the answer is yes. And so it's like, what is your, what is your bus factor? How many people have to be removed for your business to, let, to, to not be functioning anymore? And so for me, it would probably have to be a lot of people before my business would not work. And so that means that my business is pretty stable because it's not reliant on just one person. Sure, it hurts when somebody leaves, for sure, but the business can still be very functional. Wow, that is some profound truths right there. Um, The bus factor, 
and I think I may have heard it before, but you're just like the way you just framed it too, that if you were hit by a bus, could your business still run? And I think that's what you're probably referring to when you talk about working yourself out of a job, that you are not the, the linchpin or the, you, that you don't have to be there for it to run well and smoothly. Right. So we are going to take another break. When we come back, I want to hear more about this. I want to hear a little bit more about setting up those systems and the training and training to the, the system rather than the person. Like, I spent my life in training, and this is like, why are people not doing this? <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit more about that when we get back. <laughs> Again, my name is Carla Taylor. We are here on Bring Your Brilliance on the Inspired Choices Network talking with Jamie Jansen, and we will be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Bring Your Brilliance. My name is Carla Taylor, and we are today celebrating the 25th episode of this show, and we are also talking with the fabulous Jamie Jansen. And if you are looking to learn more about Bring Your Brilliance or Inspired Choices Network, um, you can go to inspiredchoicesnetwork.com or you can go to bringyourbrilliance.net and we've got all kinds of fantastic things actually coming up for 2020. So I've got a three-part LinkedIn workshop series that includes your LinkedIn profile, your LinkedIn company page, and your content creation. I've also got the 90-Day Brilliance Planner. I'm so excited to introduce you to this. It's going to really change your, your pace and your trajectory and help you get your brilliance out to the world in 90 days or less. It's really a powerful approach to working on whatever it is that your message is and, and focusing on, like Jamie said, serving others and what you can do for them. So, Jamie, before we jump back into the content we were just talking about, can you tell us about if people are listening and hearing all this, you know, truth bombs and all the things that you're sharing, how can they get a hold of you or where can they find you or, or learn more to uh, be able to work with you directly? Yeah, I have a coaching website. It's jamiejansen.com, J-A-I-M-I-J-A-N-S-E-N, jamiejansen.com, and I do a 30-minute discovery call, and they can sign up for that complimentary. And then also my company is Santa Cruz Core Fitness and Rehab, and that website is santacruzcore.com, and that is all about our integrative wellness. We do uh, wellness retreats and, like, kind of full immersion programs where people can come and stay at a location in Santa Cruz and kind of experience all the health and well-being they can handle um, for a set period of time. 
And also social media is great. We are on Instagram and Facebook, and so our Instagram handle is Jamie Jansen, and then the social media for Santa Cruz Corps is just at Santa Cruz Corps. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing all of that. And again, if you're just tuning in, Jamie is an award-winning, multi-million dollar, uh, successful businesswoman who has created her own success and is now really looking out to help others to emulate and and get to their own level of success. Uh, You were talking before the break about systems and how you train to the system rather than the person. And I just want (laughs) to, again, acknowledge I am a person who has created training for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of companies. And yes, that happens sometimes, but that's so not the the norm. Most people train the individual, they train the role even. Um, but the the huge problems that come about when there isn't a system or documented processes and that knowledge transfer, especially as, you know, the baby boomers are retiring in mass and everything else, there's been so many challenges in the training world around that and what you just said is like oh wow like yeah (laughs) that's so simple but it's so the way it should be yeah it really is amazing to me too how um every every business is different and so even though you know my business is what i would consider maybe more of a small business um that's a pretty big business idea and i think that a lot of people could learn from it so when you first start working with others or when you're asked to speak in front of other people, what are some of the things that people are asking you most about or that you know, like a lot of people have kind of like their golden nuggets that they like to share, and I know you've already shared a few of them, but what are some other things that you found that a lot of people are needing to hear from you? I think all the business stuff for sure, but um, one of the things that I realize is like, that I've been talking about recently is, let's see, my last talk was on, I called it, I think, Pathway to Success, but really the other name that I had for it was Failing Forward, and it was about how each each experience in your life, especially the failures, like instead of thinking about them as failures, it's like they're really gold nuggets. They're the gold nuggets that tell you how not to do something. You know, it's like Thomas Edison and the journey of the light bulb and how it took, you know, Someone someone maybe mentioned to him, like, wow, you failed a lot. You know, how did you do this? He goes, no, I didn't fail. I found 10,000 ways how not to make a light bulb. And I kind of, you know, it's, it's again, it's about reframing and the power of your thoughts. And that's one of the most recent things I spoke on because that's helping us to discover who we are and how we can, like, show up in the world and when we can be better and more, have a, have a better sense of self it allows us to contribute to society better and be better leaders and better business owners. And so uh, that, I think, is something that um, I've started speaking on more recently. That's so great. And, again, so many people get tripped up by failure, feeling like, well, I tried and it failed, so I give up. And you have been saying even today consistently, rather than hearing the no, it's the how can I, or rather than looking at the failure, just look for that learning point of, like, you know, in your example, the 10,000 ways it didn't work, you're learning from each one so you can keep fine-tuning and and getting better and better with each try. Uh, so what would you say are some of the things that people um, 
should avoid or some things that, that maybe they don't have to trip up on because they can learn from you and some of those lessons that you learned along the way? Yeah, that's a good question. Some of the things that people maybe could learn from me is definitely having a game plan and being okay with the game plan changing, whether you're starting a business or growing your business or wanting to change your career. But definitely having a plan and then budgeting accordingly. Like I said earlier, you know, you never, I don't think that you can, $25,000 to start a business with a marketing budget is just nothing. So it always costs more than, probably 20 to 30% more than you think. And then asking for help. One of the things that Brene Brown talks about is she doesn't like to work with people who don't know how to ask for help because she can't trust them. And I, when I heard that in Hmm. her book, Dare to Lead, I really, I really, really resonated with that because when I give a when I give a task to somebody, like what I tell people when I give a task to somebody is I'm I'm a busy person and when I give this task to you, it's your responsibility to come back and like follow up with me. I'm not gonna I'm not a babysitter, I'm not gonna hound you on it, but like here's the deadline and if you need anything, let me know. And so hmm. if they don't have the ability to know where their limits are, then then when the time comes for them to turn it in or the the deadline is there, they're not successful. And so then I failed because I don't think I communicated effectively and then they didn't, they didn't complete their task. They didn't do their job. And so what's important to me is, yes, training to the system, and that's what I think a lot of people can take away, but also hiring the right kind of people. So you want to hire growth mindset versus fixed mindset people. You know, fixed mindset individuals are individuals who – you know, they're kind of in a box and they like their little box and they, you know, they follow the orders and everything and they don't necessarily um, problem solve. They don't have very good problem-solving capabilities. And so hiring people that have problem-solving capabilities is super, super valuable to me and really important And because that means that they're going to look outside themselves for the answers if they get stuck. And that's the key. So that kind of goes along with what Brene Brown says is like, you know, you're not – not being able to trust somebody if they don't know how to ask questions. So, because you're not 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 being able to trust them, like not that they're going to steal, but like that they aren't going to be able to get the job done effectively because they don't know how to find help when they get stuck. I love that, and and yeah, that's another stopping point. I think that a lot of people, especially when they're trying to be the, the CEO of their company or they're trying to be something an expert out in the world, and they want to have all the answers, and yet we can all tell if you don't totally know the answer anyway. Um, and the worst thing you want to do is give a completely wrong answer too. And I think people are now actually embracing and it's refreshing for somebody to say that they don't have the answer just you know out in the world. But then especially if you're working directly with people, I agree with you. And I love that your management style is even you hire the right people, you hire these problem solvers, and then you let them go figure it out. And it is up to them to come to you. You're giving them that autonomy to be able to create their own experience. And part of that and really the core of everything at the end of the day is it comes down to communication. Yeah, it really does. I mean, effective communication. And I think that as the generations change and how parenting changes, it's going to affect how we communicate in the workplace. I mean, I'm seeing it already. And what I mean is, you know, there might have been more direct uh, verbal discipline, you know, and nowadays it might not be that way. I'm not a parent yet, so I can't speak to that other than my experience of seeing in 
employees get hired and then them not being able to handle direct communication. <laughs> so I think mm. that, you know, there's a generation of like, oh, well, everyone deserves a prize. Like, everyone's a winner. And though we'd love to think that everyone's a winner, people need to have an understanding that, like, you're not always on, you're not always going to be the best. And then just because you're mm. showing up doesn't mean you're the best. You know, showing up is the bare minimum. Whereas nowadays what I'm seeing right. and I'm having to let people go at work is that showing up to me is not enough. And it, and that's not, you don't show up and get on your phone for work. Like it's a job and you do work, work and there's a work ethic involved. And some individuals don't understand that. So I don't know if there's like a different parenting book that was out during a certain time period or what, but I'm just seeing this trend. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing. Not, every, not everyone in their younger years is like that, but that's what I'm seeing. Well, yeah, I think there definitely was a whole generation that grew up with, you know, the the participation trophy that they didn't want anybody to feel bad. And it actually, I think, has really done a disservice because then they don't know the value of working hard or the hard work that comes along with it. And it actually makes everything else mean less when everyone's just acknowledged. And so, yeah, I do think there's been a lot of of professionals even talking about how that's affecting the workforce. So what are some of the things that you have found to to help with that? Like how do you reach out and communicate better with those people and help them move past that initial fear of of feedback, I guess is maybe what we would call it. Yeah, I think that we have video training that we offer our new hires and with the video training we talk about the type of environment that we've created and cultivated here we talk about our core values and you know i i get it that i'm you know the the ceo so i'm like the big boss you know i'm not the direct manager but sometimes i'll come in and talk to people who are not directly managed by me and so there's a certain weight in in just me coming in and communicating and so i have to acknowledge that and know that you know i i have a certain influence and also I need to acknowledge, too, that that they are where they're at. And so for me, it's having patience and being clear, common, and assertive, and also just commun- and, and communicating kind, kindly and compassionately and kind of helping them along. There's some people that you just can't help, and it's just not a good fit for the company, but we try and figure that out really, really soon. Um, if they don't identify with our core values, then, then we don't hire them, or if somehow we've hired them, you know, and they don't identify with their core values, they won't probably be here very long. Um, consciously evolving is one of them. Behaving in integrity is another one. And and so we we teach like, okay, if you have a if you have an issue or a challenge with somebody, like go directly to that person because we don't like to have gossip. And so we're trying to teach better, more direct communication because it's it's super super essential. Absolutely, like yeah, communication is at the core. And you actually keep using the word core, which I love because obviously that's in the name of your business, but it really is having, like you mentioned, the core values and communication at the core of making sure that people are working better together and and able to uh, complement each other to further the mission and further what you're doing for your clients. So we are already mm-hmm. at our next break. I want to go ahead and talk about some of the things that you're doing from here. And if there's any questions or things that you want to make sure to, to talk to us about, let's make sure we cover those when we get back to. But again, this is Jamie Jansen we're talking to. I'm Carla Taylor on the Bring Your Brilliance radio show on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. 
What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to Bring Your Brilliance. We are here on Inspired Choices Network. My name is Carla Taylor. We have been talking with Jamie Jansen about some secrets to success in business and life. And we were just talking about, Jamie, before the break, you mentioned the that you know hiring the right people, people with a growth mindset that are problem solving, and then giving them the ability to go out there and do that. And then all of the ways that you've been able to communicate and and really I I also love the point you made about you are the CEO, and so there is a a gravity or a heaviness to the message that you bring. So you've got to be really careful with that and make sure that you are showing up all the time in that role because, as you know, as a CEO, um, there is no casual comment made by a leader when you have an organization like that. And so I think that you've, it sounds like, been really, really successful at, really being cognizant and aware of the role that you play within your own organization. Yeah, and even, you know, as CEO, like, I doubt myself and have challenges. I mean, I I don't think anyone is um, perfect all the time or super confident all the time, you know. Um, I was helping train somebody yesterday, and, you know, I've never been called a name at work in my 10 years of working here, and uh, I was called a name, like, really inappropriately, and I was shocked and taken aback, wow. and it was like, okay, well, I mean, I always, I'm always looking at what um, what I can do and how I can do better, and also I have to remember that, like, sometimes I do my best under the circumstances, and it's still, uh, you know, it's not, it's not me, you know, so... Uh, yeah. And needless to say, that person doesn't work with us anymore. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I think we all we all we all go through challenges. Well, I, actually, I love that you just brought that up because I have talked to so many people. I've done a lot of coaching myself. I've done a lot of my own business work, and I, one of the things I finally got my aha around is that I think a lot of us, when we're starting out or still growing or wanting to hit that million-dollar mark or the multi-million or the billion or whatever next goal people have, there's this assumption that, well, once you get to that point, then it's just smooth sailing and everything's perfect. (laughs) And I love that you just brought that up because everybody has challenges at every single level. And oftentimes in the bigger roles or the bigger dollar amounts, it's, it's similar challenges, just much bigger figures that you're using or you know there's there's new challenges but it's never it's never just like oh i've made it now now we're good we can just stand here and be here you know 
Yeah, I think it's a moving target. And I think that when, like for me personally, like I'm in my, I'm in my body, I'm in my, my own story. And so we tend to like normalize uh, where we're at and it doesn't seem exceptional because we're in our own story when, when someone looking out from outside is like, wow, that's really incredible what that person's done. So I think that um, for, you know, being present, I think is a really good lesson that I've learned this year and just being okay and being in the moment. And that way we can really do our best, be our best selves and have our best life experience. And yeah, like as we, as we get, get earn more money and as we have um, more success, like we talk about those things and like on Instagram and Facebook, it's the highlight reel of our life and it doesn't talk about necessarily the challenges, but really what I found is like, the human the human population they all really want to be loved they want to feel included they want to be part of something they want to be inspired you know hmm. they want to belong and so no matter what dollar amount you've got no matter you know what background you have like the core value you know the the needs and desires obviously food and shelter and um clothing you know that too but everybody really it's like we're all the same and i think that as i like look outside myself and go, Oh, what are they doing? And what, you know, it's like everyone's challenges are very, very similar. And it is kind of um, Mm -hmm. inspiring in a way. It's like, it doesn't matter what background they have or how rich and famous they are. It's like everyone still wants the same thing. Yeah. I mean, Oh my gosh. And that's even true when you, when you travel or you work with global leaders that of course there's difference in background and culture and everything else. But at the end of the day, it's that, that human, human to human and that human um, need to be a part of something bigger than yourself or that human need to, like you said, feel seen and heard and valued. And and everybody, everybody still needs that in one set at every level. Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things that I'm really looking forward to in my in my next kind of phase is um, trying to find a COO of my company so that I can do more public speaking and consulting because I really enjoy that and I think that I can have a bigger impact. And that's really what my, mm-hmm. one of my goals is, is to see how I can show up a little bit bigger in the world and be able to help that many more people. I, my mission in my business is to help as many people as possible achieve their optimal health. And to me, optimal health is on a spectrum. So maybe today someone has pain in their back. Maybe um, someone can't run, but they would like to. So we meet people where they're at, and we help them to get to where they're, they are going to be optimal. And that, that is a changing uh, goal. So we're always working to be our the best version of ourselves. So maybe once they get to be able to have less back pain, then they have to set another goal for themselves. And it's kind of like that in life. Like, you know, I've been very fortunate to be able to be uh learn a lot and help a lot of people in the in the local community and I really enjoy that and now I'm like okay well how can I make a bigger impact on the world because I want to leave the world better than I found it and that's really you know, I'm very purpose driven and mission driven and that's kind of what I'm about so that's my next goals that is awesome so wow we are already at the end of our time <laughs> Um, I love that making it bigger and everything else. Any final thoughts or last words you want to leave us with? Yeah, I think um, one of my quotes on my Instagram yesterday that I say is, you know, um, energy goes where it's uh, energy grows where attention goes. So focus on what you want and focus on how you're going to get it. And that's where, you know, you put your attention and that's where the energy in the universe is going to go. And the universe always has your back. So really trusting in that.
Such great quotes and such great points. Jamie, thank you so much. I know you are such a super busy person, and I so appreciate you taking this entire hour out here with us to um, to talk to us and help share your message out to the people who maybe haven't heard from you before and need to hear from you or might want to work with you or hire you to speak. Um, you have been such a huge help and a blessing in my life with helping me dig into some of the things that I need to look at. And I love your direct approach as well, that you're, you're, you're all about execution and getting it done and making it happen. And you absolutely model the way for yourself as well as helping the people around you. Um, so again, any, uh, could tell us one more time how to get in touch with you. Yeah, please check me out. Follow me on Instagram at jamiejansen.com and at santacruzcore.com and then my website, jamiejansen.com and santacruzcore.com. All right. So, folks, that's you heard it here. And, again, it's J-A-I-M-I, Jamie Jansen. You can also see it on the show notes. And, um, again, my name is Carla Taylor. You are listening to the Inspired Choices Network. And Bring Your Brilliance is what I do. I help you bring your brilliance. So I've got... So many different ways that I love to work with people in helping you grow your visibility and your voice on LinkedIn, figuring out and finding your voice and what it is, and then helping you figure out, like Jamie was talking about, how you serve people, how to be grateful for what you have and focus on the giving that you do. And um, as I mentioned earlier, I've got some three-part workshops coming up in January. We're getting ready to head into a brand new year. And I've also got the 90-Day Brilliance Planner. So this is going to help you break things down from your 90-day goals down to your 30-day goals all the way down to your weekly and daily goals so that you can stay on track and uh, really start making a big impact, just like Jamie said she was doing, going out bigger into the world, figuring out who she can help, what she can do. I'd love to help you do that as well. Uh, So look for that. That's coming out in January. And um, next week we're going to be talking with Darla about taking things to the top. So my final thoughts for you are to go out there and, and really just be authentically you. Be bold, be brave, be brilliant, and be you. And Focus on how you can shine and give your gifts to the world because that's where the magic truly happens. So thank you for listening, Jamie. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Thanks for listening to another episode of Bring Your Brilliance with Carla Taylor. For the latest updates and info on personal branding, please follow and interact with Carla Taylor on LinkedIn. And be sure to visit www.itstimetobringit.com. Join Carla Taylor every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, keep sharing.